It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to the Sunday session, part of the Sprint Lane podcast series for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name's Greg Hayes and I've got a big podcast lined up for you today. A little bit later than normal on a Sunday after travelling back from Tamworth on Saturday, but still plenty of news and information relating to harness racing in New South Wales. Uh, What's on the podcast this week? Well, Brad Hewitt nominated Typo for the Hunter Cup next week in Victoria, and you would have to think that last night's Clubman Angle victory all but secured a spot in the field. It was the first leg of a winning double for Brad, so I'll catch up with him on the show today. I'll also find out if there's any news about Captain Snock and the Eureka. Didn't mean to throw a cat amongst the pigeons last week when I mentioned that up the four slot holders were ready to go with their representative in the world's richest harness race. I had messages and calls asking who the horses were all week. As I said to everyone who contacted me, all I could find out from my source was that slot holders had been asked to hold off doing anything before the Hunter Cup is not to take the media spotlight away from that race. Now, I get that. The media in harness racing isn't huge, and therefore, if everyone in the media starts talking about the Eureka in the lead-up to the Hunter Cup, it does take something away from one of Victoria's great races. The sales have kicked off for the year. The APG sale in Queensland was today, and then continue in Melbourne, Sydney, and Perth. I thought I'd catch up with a breeder today. Uh, Neil Wardle, he's a good mate of mine. He's been around the sport of harness racing for probably 30 years. He trained Thorpedo to win a Grand Circuit race and also took him to a couple of Inter-Dominion series as well. Well, Neil stepped away from training a few years ago and he and his wife, Michelle, are now into the breeding side of the industry and they've had a bit of success. I want to talk to Neil about the breeding aspect of the industry. I'll ask him his thoughts on the future of breeding in Australia and we will have a chat about a couple of his lots as well. He's got the first bold eagle for a sale in Australia next week. Um, going through the sales ring and he also has a full brother to follow the stars up for sale so I have a chat to him about those two lots uh, Jared Alchin won one of the features at Tamworth on Friday night when Miss the Truth proved too strong in the Tamworth Cup now there is an interview I conducted with Jared after the race on Friday night out on social media but I wanted to get Jared on today's show to talk about the win but also about some other news coming out of his stable in relation to Stable Stars, Pars Guarantee and My Ultimate Ronnie. Neither of his two big guns will be competing in Sydney during the Carnival of Miracles, so I thought I'd get Jared on to get an update on his team. Speaking of Tamworth, how good was Friday night? How good was the whole day, actually? I headed up on Thursday night. I spent Friday walking around the streets listening to the buskers and enjoying the entertainment that comes with the Country Music Festival. Now, I'm not a huge country music fan, but it was great fun and well worth the trip to Tamworth if you've never been. Friday night was all about racing with a great card and a great concert as well. Adam Brand did his only concert for the week at the Trots on Friday night, and he was great. The support acts were full of energy. They were exciting too. It was a fun night, and now we can turn our attention to Albury in just under three weeks' time. I must mention I attended the funeral of Peter Gadsby on Thursday as well. Of course, Peter was a part owner of Double Identity and Smoking Up, to name just two horses. There was a huge turnout from the harness community. Uh, John Dummersey, the former CEO of Harness Racing New South Wales and Menangle, spoke well at the service, reflecting on what Peter did for the industry. His good mate Lance Justice made the trip up from Victoria to be there. Harry Martin was there, so too was David and Steph Morris, Glenn and Tian McElhenney, Ricky Alchin, and there were plenty others that... um, 
that I've left off, but it was nice to see a strong turnout for a man that loved his harness racing so passionately. Later on in the podcast, I'll have the Menangle Express, and Mr T will be back with another couple of tips. Hopefully they are a bit quicker than his tips from last week, and saying that, I missed last week as well. So we both need to be better. I'll update what is happening in fantasy harness racing and run through a few captain options again for the week. That's all coming up in the next 35 minutes or so on the Sunday session. These back markers are really struggling here. 27 and 5 the quarter as they swing. So Typo's the leader with 300 metres left to go. Trying to stick with it is Spirit of St. Louis. He's still got the trail and now looks for a possible out. Magician right down the outside is Zeus Bromac. Can't find a better man running on 100 metres left to go. It's Typo. Spirit of St. Louis can't find a better man. Typo pulling out plenty though. And Typo most of the way beats Spirit of St. Louis. Can't find a better man. Boom for fourth. Big night for Brad at Clubman Angle on Saturday night, um, Brad Hewitt picking up a double, including Typo, who's looking for a start in the Hunter Cup, and Brad Hewitt's joining me to have a chat. Congratulations on the night, Brad. Well done. Thanks, Daisy. Uh, mate, Typo, um, he's, he's been around a while, but he just keeps uh, picking up these nice races, and, and now, I guess, that you want to start in the Hunter Cup? Yeah, he's been asking, ultra consistent. I was only looking uh, a few days ago. I think he's been here pretty much 12 months to the day, so yeah, surprised me as well. Feels like he's been around a lot longer for that, but um, yeah, he's been a great old great old horse, and he's been racing good, and yeah, hopefully he gets a start in the big one next week. So take us through the win last night. You're able to get to the top, and, and then yeah, you're able to control. Um, look, I guess you didn't really get it too much of a control. 27-9 second quarter, 27-5. They really made you work for it. Yeah, we, we obviously uh, had to do a bit out of the gate and got to the fence. And then, um, yeah, Magician came up and had a, yeah, we were running along pretty good. We got past winning pace and that horse actually started kicking the wheel, which um, got us going a bit quicker than what I would have liked. And then, yeah, obviously, Spirit of St. Louis come around and we were going quick. And then, um, yeah, once he had to do so much work, I just, yeah, kept, kept rolling and, um, yeah, he was, they're good. What were you thinking at the top of the straight? Did you think that you were going to be a little bit vulnerable because you had run through the second and third quarter? Uh, not really. I, I thought Spirit of St. Louis would be like, cause he took off and we were going really quick. Like, we went 27-9 that second quarter and, and he took off. Like, he went super, Spirit of St. Louis. But, um, yeah, I was thinking, you know, I had him out, outside me and had one of the ruffies on me back. That's why I was sort of happy to keep on running along and uh, when I had Spirit of St. Louis outside me around the last corner and, um, yeah, then when he dropped on me back, but I knew can't find a better man. Obviously, there was another one that was way back in the field, so I, I knew that'd yeah, have to be good to get past him, but, yeah, just being able to get to the fence, it, it means all the difference down there. Um, he ran fourth in the Shepparton Cup. He ran second in the Shirley Turnbull Memorial, and before that he was a winner at Menangle in the Brian Hancock free-for-all. Geez, geez, you'd be stiff if they didn't give you a run in the Hunter Cup. Yeah, I think even before that he was another second in the Cowra Cup, so they're all yeah, group races and cup races and that, so yeah, I, I think it'd, it'd be hard done by the, the miss out. But like, Shepparton Cup, the, the second on all fair coming out, won the Ballarat Cup, so and he beat it the start before in the Shirley Turnbull. So, yeah, the 
there's form there everywhere to suggest he should be getting a run. And then two horses last night, they'll probably both be in it. So, yeah, I, I can't see how he gets left out, to be honest. Um, with his gate speed, if he, if he managed to draw the front row and you're able to get across them, do you give yourself a chance of, of picking up big money? Uh, yeah, well, just think, yeah, just a nice, kind draw or even a good good trailing draw. Like, he's just been a bit devoid of luck of weight. Like, just things haven't quite worked out for him. Second row draws and then, yeah, last, the start before last night in the Shepparton Cup, um, yeah, he, he had to sit outside him again. But, yeah, if he could get on the fence would be ideal. But, yeah, even if he's just got a nice trailing draw and gets the right trip, like, he... He's just as deadly from behind. It's just uh, hard when he's the one out there doing all the bullock and work. Like, there's not many that can sit outside him in that sort of class and be too good for him, other than leap the fame, of course. They're probably all racing for second against him anyway. But yeah, if he could just get a nice little soft draw, and yeah, he'd, he'd be a big chance of running into some money. Um, the second leg of the double on Saturday night was Majestic Trio. Now, we hadn't seen her at the races for a little while, and she turned up last week, and um, she wasn't on her best behaviour, but back to the mobile last night, she was too good for them. Yeah, she, I've actually been really happy with her again um, this prep, and I thought she'd run a really good race last week if she had a step, but it's always the risk you take, like fresh up for a few months and staying start, so um, yeah, it was always on the cards that she might miss away, but um, yeah, as you said, back to the Nova last night, and yeah, I actually wasn't expecting to lead, I was planning on going back, but she just yeah, took charge out of the gate, and yeah, that, that was all she wrote. She was, um, again, like uh, 29.6, 29.3, third quarter, and then home in 28.9, so you just kept that speed constant, just made them chase. Yeah, like she's been a really good old man. Like she's won that Group One in Queensland, and she's Group One placed at Menangle there behind Queen Alita. Like she's mixed it with the, the best for the last couple of seasons now, and yeah, just things didn't go right after Queensland um, last season. Like she come back and had four or five starts, and just yeah, had a few little problems with her. So just pulled the pin and pressed her up and went again. And yeah, I'm hoping she can get back to that really consistent form that they've been so used to like all of last year so what are the plans with her have, have you got have you got a grand final in mind for her uh not really yeah, I, I don't think we'll be taking her down to victoria next week but they're just a class above um the trotters down there but yeah probably just stick around menangle and they're racing for good money there each week and yeah this, more than likely, this is going to be a last season. So, uh, yeah, she'll just keep on racing at the angle. Maybe another Brisbane trip, just uh, depending on how she's going. And uh, that'll be it. She'll probably be off to the Bren Barn later this year. Um, Captain's Knock was a winner last week at Menangle. That was his first run since um, winning the Breeders' Challenge. He'd had a couple of trials before that win. Um, how's he come through that first up performance? Yeah, he's actually really good. Crazy, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have been happier with him. Like he, he pulled up really good. His heart rate was good on the night and yeah, recovered within sort of 20 minutes of the race. Like he just handled it really good. And yeah, obviously through the week since, he's, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with him. So what's the plans with him going forward as you sort of navigate the, the lead up towards the chariots? 
Uh, yeah, well, all things going well. Uh, I'll have to be t- taking typo next week and the Bonanza's on there the same night. So, yeah, if things work out there, then, yeah, he, he might go for a trip there. Otherwise, yeah, he, he might just go around it. Um, an angle next Saturday, but um, yeah, I'd like to be taking the both of them down to Victoria. Um, mate, last week on the show, I was talking. I, I tried to get a, a little bit of a lead from Harness Racing Australia, and all they'd tell me was that there'd been up to four slot holders looking to announce um, horses for the Eureka. And straight away, I, I thought it'd be you'd have to be one of the four. Has there been any negotiations for you um, with with a slot for the Eureka? Uh, yeah, there's been yeah, just a little bit of interest. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, close to being done or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's been yeah, like I said, a bit of interest, and yeah, we just have to see how the next month or so plays out. It's it, you know that would be a, a weight off your mind if you're able to get an early invite because it it just takes that pressure off and you can you can set your goals. Yeah, well, uh, when you have a think about things like there's going to be a few that go pretty quick and I think there's two or three of the slots you have to go in like there's a Queensland spot that you have to win that race for Queensland horses same as the Tasmanian spot and then I think the Stingo like, um, you have to go in that race too but yeah I'm not too worried to be honest like just keep on going yeah, as we are but like he's one of the, the quality horses of his year so yeah you'd like to think someone's going to pick him up well, mate, congratulations with uh, last night, another two winners, and of course um, that adds on to the captain's knock the week before. So you're having a good run at the moment. All the best of luck going forward. No worries. Thanks, Andy. The sales have kicked off. Sales season is well and truly on. Of course, the Gold Coast today as the APG sales kicked off, and we've got uh, Victoria and New South Wales coming up very soon. I thought it might be timely that we get a breeder on the program to have a little bit of chat about the breeding industry and how everything's going and also have a chat about their lots as well. Neil Wardle's going to join me to have a chat. Morning to you, Neil. How are you? Yeah, very good, Greg. Very good. Morning to you. Um, Looking forward to the sales season that is coming up. Of course, it kicked off today on the Gold Coast. But um, how is the breeding industry? How's the health of the breeding industry at this point in time, do you think? Yeah, I think the, the breeding industry is going along quite okay. I think the numbers are probably getting a little bit lesser and lesser each year, but I think we are breeding a lot more quality horses these days, and I think it's probably the dynamics are sort of changing a little bit where it's going from a breeder having a couple of mares, happy to go to those stallions that are a little bit lower in price where he's able to um, do everything himself, race, breed the horse, train it. I think we're getting away from that model more now and I think it's more coming to where we're at a position where people are selling to, breeding to sell, going to the more commercial stallion. I think stallion prices have gone right up. I think they're probably the the highest they've ever been across the board. Now, you're taking four to the APG um, and I noticed that one of them is by Bold Eagle and that would make him the first of the Southern Hemisphere Bold Eagles for sale, yeah? Yeah, he's the first one to come up at a, at a, at a yearling sale, for sale. Um, and yeah, very exciting to, to present him uh, with APG and also with Monique Burnett where the horses are uh, being prepared. Uh, he's 
created a fair bit of interest once word was out that he would be in the sale and really excited about presenting him on the day. His mother's Yankee fellow who's a young mare who's doing a very good job in the breeding barn. Just kicking off, got two to the races for two winners. He's actually in a in a in a in a position where he's one of seventeen horses in the sale or the three sale the sales that APG will offer. One in Brisbane, one in Sydney and fifteen in Melbourne. And they'll race for a hundred thousand dollars. So he's in a a, a a nice bracket where if you did purchase him, you could be a one in seventeen chance to race for a hundred thousand dollars. How did you get the access to Bold Eagle? I just rang Louise Tomlin, and they were very helpful. And the mayor was sent to Darren Ray's and put in foal, and it actually seemed to be pretty easy. Really, um, I don't know why there wasn't too many more given out. He only had uh, seven foals the year that. This particular bloke was born, so there's not that many out there. And really happy to work with Yabby Dam Farm to associate themselves with Bold Eagle. They got a few of their mares in the fold. And really, I, I, I wanted to go to Bold Eagle to, with my mare because she's a muscle Yankee mare and the best son of Bold Eagle, Ethos Kronos, who's a $1.8 million earner, is out of a muscle Yankee mare. So it just made sense to follow that line that's worked with Bold Eagle as well. The biggest talk around your four lots would have to be the full brother to follow the stars. Yeah, definitely. He presents really well at the sales, uh, being, as you said, a full brother to follow the stars, who's won an Australian pacing gold at the age of two. He's also a full brother to a first responder who won the initial uh, Neutraline Classic Race Series as well. They're both Group 1 winners at the age of two. He's a really nice horse to look at. He definitely is going to create a lot of interest on the day I'm sure a lot of people have, have penciled him in, in as one that, they, that they'd that like to look at and view and yeah really excited even though he's late in the sale it's going to be an exciting day to, to, to send him through and see what he can bring well you know $100,000 would have to be on the table um, you know for, for some of your lots can, can we can we put together a promotion for the people out there that you know if one of your horses gets to $100,000 that that they can win something. I've just got off the phone actually with, with uh, people at APG and they've got uh, credit voucher draws where if you get a bid card number, you go into a draw and that draw you can get $4,000 credit to put towards a lot if you happen to secure a lot and you're the winning bid card number. So there's going to be five of them drawn before lot one and then there's going to be another five more drawn throughout the day. If any of mine happens to reach a hundred thousand dollars or more, as soon as that lot bidding ends, we'll go back to the draw and we'll put five thousand dollars cash up for anyone who, well, for the person who happens to win draw once that horse makes a hundred thousand dollars. So you've got lots one hundred four, one five three, one nine one, and two twelve. So if one of those goes to a hundred thousand dollars, the the sale will stop momentarily while they do a draw with all the bid numbers um, and some lucky person, if one of your horses goes for $100,000, will get $5,000 cash on the day that they can do with whatever they like. Exactly right. The only thing is if your bid card number has already been drawn out, you won't be in the draw. Everyone else will be. Yeah, so the, the winners of those $4,000 uh, credit 
uh, vouchers basically will be taken out of that that draw for the five thousand. Well, that, hey, that's that's a that's a good promotion for uh, for your lots, and hopefully one of them brings one hundred thousand dollars, and uh, and we can uh, we can see someone take away five thousand dollars. Just just on your interest in the industry, obviously you've had some time as a trainer um, and and had great success winning at Grand Circuit level. Is your time as a trainer finished? Are you just concentrating now fully on the breeding? Well, at the moment we are, yeah. There's, there is a fair bit of um, outgoing with the breeding at the moment. We sort of, our model is to breed to sell. So we we put ourselves in a position where we go to the stallions that are best marketed for our mares. And, and, you know, there is a fair bit of time being spent and money being spent on that. But also... My wife and myself have got a young family that we're we're bringing up as well, and just juggling those two things at the moment really there would be no time for training. Um, but look down the track, and um, definitely there'll be an opportunity, no doubt, once the kids are grown, um, once they're off and, and and doing their thing with their lives, then there'll definitely be another opportunity to train. But just at the moment, it, it just looks like the breeding side of things. And the family side of things has taken over at the moment. Well, mate, good to catch up with you today. That's fantastic that you can put on a little promotion. Um, if one of your lots does hit that magical six-figure ma- uh, mark of $100,000. And we look forward to uh, all the sales continuing over the next couple of months, mate. Good luck. Yeah, thank you very much. And, you know, hopefully that yeah, this can just generate a bit more interest in the sale and just, you know, obviously not just help my lots, but everyone else in the the Melbourne sale and, and uh, the other sales, Gold Coast, as you said today, and, and, and the Sydney sale, and then it obviously ends with Perth later on in the year, and, and Neutraline are also running their sales as well, which is great. Time for the Menangle Express, where I look at the races on Saturday night and see if I can spot a winner or two going forward. Race one, the fave was... Our Cosmic Major at $1.30. He looked the obvious one, and when he rolled to the front with Arden's Ace looking for cover, it looked to be all over in the early stages. They settled down like this. Our Cosmic Major, Arden's Ace, pitch perfect, last tango in heaven, and Sahara Sirocco on the pegs with unfazed. Dennis William, Joni N, and Smithy's Terror making up the running line. There wasn't a great deal of speed, and not surprising to see the first three past the post being the first three in running. 27-9, 29-1, 28-1. They blitzed home in 26-5. Arden's ace levelled up to our Cosmic Major, but the fave had a nice kick and held on. Dennis William had every chance, didn't run on late, but with the best of the beaten brigade being Smithy's Terror, who powered home late, he can win another one soon. Race two, Lou's Dream was the $2.30 favourite, and its early speed was the key. It blasted off early and was able to cross Coco, and that turned out to be very important late. On the marker pegs, it was Lou's Dream, Coco, Major Statement, Kalara, Juggernaut, and Sight to See, while the running line was the fortunate son, our sunset delight, swell time, better than Federer and Hooter. Uh, they burned early, 26-8, but backed it off through the middle half, 29-5 and 29. Became a dash up the straight, 26-7. Rocco Coco got around the leader's wheel, closed late, but officially missed by a half neck with Lou's Dream hanging on. Any more speed in that middle half, and I think the second horse turns the tables. The fortunate son was gone on the turn, so our sunset delight and swell time made their runs together. They were both good. Hooter was the only one who warmed up late. Uh, race number three was over the long trip, and the favourite was Jala Neal at $3.10. They found their positions pretty quickly. Jala Neal was able to cross to the pegs before Ryan's Gangster was driven forward to find the lead. So the uh, marker pegs, it was Ryan's Gangster, Jala Neal, give me five minutes more. 
uh, Spirit King, Give Me a Reason, and Boys Have Time, which meant the horses off the pegs were Atishan Raider, Dad and Dave and Dark Terror. The lead time was only 49.7, and the first quarter was 30.4. But the speed then went on, which was a bit of a surprise, 27.9, 27.2 through the middle half. Atishan Raider got up and put Ryan's Gangster to the sword on the turn, and those in the running line fan with Dad and Dave and Dark Terror making their runs together. Ryan's Gangster rolled off the inside, giving Jala Neal the run, but it was game over with Dark Terror at full speed down the outside. Dad and Dave was good in second after a nice trip, nothing to mention for those back in the field, the final quarter, 28-2. Race four, the shortest price favourite of the night was Oliver Bubbles at $1.10. She's coming off the gate without being fully pushed because everything wants to get to the pegs and then hand over to her, and that happened again. Just as well, cross before letting Coral Stride go, who let Oliver Bubbles roll to the front. And they basically went Indian file until the half. So it was I'll have a Bubbles, Coral Stride, Just As Well, Kill or Baby Shark, Nelly Big Time, Sugar For My Honey, Solar Express, Magic Moment and Little Bliss. Magic Moment started the running line approaching the 800 with Little Bliss jumping onto its back. 27.5 followed by 28.5 and 28.2. I'll have a Bubbles had them struggling on the turn and dashed away. Nelly Big Time worked away from the peg. Sugar For My Honey stuck to the inside looking for runs. And Little Bliss was safe for one at one run at them this week. Huge win for Oliver Bubbles. Just worried about the ease in which he's winning, which is a funny thing to say. Want to see her get into a dogfight and have to show some fight in a race. Huge win. Talented mare. Um, Nelly Big Time and Little Bliss got home well for second and third. Both did no work early. Sugar for my honey got a run up the inside and was a bit unlucky after not getting clear running at a crucial time. It could have finished closer. Race number five, Spirit of St. Louis, was the $2.30 favourite over the longer trip for the fast-class horses. Typo showed good gate speed to get to the front, and they settled on the marker pegs like this. Typo, Double Encounter, Boom, and Total Diva. Magician was caught three wide, but progressed to the death as they turned into the straight the first time, which meant the running line was Magician, Outer Orlando, Star Major, Zeus Bromax, Spirit of St. Louis, and Can't Find a Better Man. The lead time was 48, a slow first quarter of 30.1. That was the key to this result. Spirit of St. Louis took off after seeing the slow first quarter and got to the death, but Typo put the speed on then and ran from the 1,200 metre mark. 27.9, 27.5 were the next two quarters. Approaching the turn, double encounter stopped, which meant Spirit of St. Louis could drop into ty- onto Typo's back and then have last crack. Can't find a better man, couldn't get the right trail into the race and was brought to the outside as they swung for home. Typo never really looked in much danger. Uh, Slow first quarter was the key. Spirit of St. Louis had a crack late, closed the margin, but was never going to win and can't find a better man. Finished off really well from the tail of the field. Not a lot from the rest. Boom was good, but can't find a better man was running away from him late. Uh, Race six was for the Trotters and Constantinople was the $2.90 favourite. Majestic Trio showed speed and was able to cross down to lead Funky Monkey and they quickly went into Indian file after that. Majestic Trio in front, Funky Monkey, then Sunny G, Have No Fear, Constantinople, a fair to cover. On advice, Monarch Stride, Victory Hill and Escape the Pace. The lead time was 50.4 and they ran through the first quarter in 30.8. As they left the straight, Monarch Stride came away from the pegs and started the running line with Victory Hill jumping onto its back. They moved up slowly and when they got close to Have No Fear in Constantinople, they came off the pegs as well. Um, 29.6 and 29 seconds through the middle half. Majestic Trio was at full speed on the turn and rolled away from the pegs, giving Funky Monkey the inside run. Constantinople came to the outside, but as soon as he got into the clear, he went up in the air. He half-checked Victory Hill, who was building momentum at the time. 
Funky Monkey had the whole straight to get Majestic Trio and couldn't. Uh, Sunny G pushed through the middle for third. Victory Hill was flooding home for fourth. Follow it going forward. Nice run at its first run for the stable. Uh, race 7, Mr Robin Hood was the $1.12 favourite, but unfortunately the race replay wasn't put up on the website, so I can't review the last, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, best win of the night, I'll have a Bubbles, destroyed her rivals, is going to meet stronger opposition soon, but she does look ready to step into some better races. Best driver of the night, six of the seven winners led, so hard to go with a sit-and-steer job as the best driver of the night. I'll go with Robbie Morris on Dark Terror to win the third, got the right cover and came with a strong run to win. And best beaten run of the night, two spring to mind straight away, Smithy's Terror and Victory Hill. Take your pick. I think they will both be winning very soon. Down the back at the tab, 400 metres. Third quarter, 29.9. And Fair Cruising skipped away. Up into it now is Double the Hunter. And zooming out wide is Miss the Truth. Followed then by High Voltage. With a head full of steam, is charging up as well. 200 metres left to travel. Miss the Truth strikes the front. Double the Hunter booting up its inside. High Voltage is turning up. Three, four deep as they turn for home. Miss the Truth leads the way. Double the Hunter up the inside. Miss the Truth down the running. Trying hard is High Voltage. It's Miss the Truth and high voltage missed the truth missed the truth wins second home was high voltage third was Cassius Deck big Friday night for Jared Alchin picking up a double at Tamworth at their Carnival of Cups program picking up the uh, the big race too the City Cup with the Miss the Truth taking out the race and Jared's joining me to have a chat congratulations Jared another good night at the office yeah, thanks, Craig. It was a great night, and it was good to see so many people out and about at the races. Mate, miss the truth. Um, horse that you haven't had for a very long time, but um, has really hit his straps in the stables. Yeah, he's a horse that we um, we didn't think that much of when he sort of came. He was a bit of a tricky sort of horse, and um, he just kept improving um, the more we've done with him. So I just think he's going to get better and better, and he showed on um, on Friday night what he can do and hopefully there's bigger things in store for him. He's probably better known for his speed than his stamina, but he had to work really hard and chase down uh, a runaway leader on Friday night. Um, the way he won the race, did it surprise you at all? It did a little bit because he locked wheels up the back and Jim said he actually nearly got kicked out. Um, and talking to the owner and the previous trainer in the past, if that had happened to him, he would have sort of chucked the towel in. in. I, um, I said he's always had a lot of ability, but he used to think about it a bit. And Kim um, said he, had, when he um, did lock wheels up the back, he thought that might have been the end of it. But to his credit, he knuckled down and fought hard to the line. And um, yeah, it did surprise me a bit. You've had 24 hours since the race to, to have a think about it. Uh, will you head towards Aubrey now? The fact that he's won that one bonus race, if he can pick up three, he picks up that big um, cash prize? Yeah, I think we'd be silly not to. So, um, yeah, we, we'll um, aim at that and just see how he pulls up. It was so hot there last night. that did take it out of him a little bit. So um, I think we'll just give him a few easy days and uh, then we'll just look at giving him a trial again like we did leading into this I don't think we'll race him again um, he's not a horse that needs to race he's not a big growth horse so um, we'll look to start him fresh again What about uh, my ultimate Buddha winning race number 3 on the program um, 3 year old by Lazarus who's starting to put together a pretty handy record Yeah he's a beautiful little horse he's never been out of the money he's um, never finished further back in third and um, he's 
no superstar. Like he's uh, probably just a little bit below them better ones, but um, he's just always just kept getting a little bit better and a little bit better. So he's gone to the paddock now. He'll go down to well, he's actually already left. He's gone down to Yerby. He'll have probably a month down at Yerby, and then he'll um, come back, and we'll look to get him ready for the triad. He's um, new bred as well. Yep. So um, yeah, we'll get him ready for the triad races. Mate, um, when I uh, arrived on track last night, we were having a chat, and, and while you know it was a great result for the stable last night, a couple of winners, um, it hasn't all been smooth sailing because a, a couple of the big guns we're not going to see in the uh, in the next couple of weeks anyway. Um, Pars Guarantee, what's the latest with him? Yeah, he comes back into work on Monday. He's been out of work since um, the young after the young Carnival of Cups. He got the kick in the paddock from another horse and. Uh, yeah, he was um, yeah, a bit of a weird sort of one, but um, he copped a kick in the neck and it sort of just um, put his neck out. So he was a bit sore and sorry for a few days and had a bit of muscle wastage around that area and um, the vet said he, he'll be fine, but he just needed to have a good spell. So um, we got it all looked over and got it scanned and everything and there was no major damage, but just needed needed a good spell, so he's due to come back into work on Monday, which is exciting. So you got your fingers crossed that it'll have no long-term effects on his racing career? The vets seem to think everything will be fine, yeah. So, and the ladies out at the cell and farm, they do a terrific job out at Vanderbilt, and um, yeah, they, they said he's back fine, so yeah, he can come back into work on Monday, and um, we won't make any major plans with him, we'll just look to get him back, and um assess it from there once he gets back to the races. The um, Sydney Carnival will obviously come up too quick for him? Yeah, yeah, way too quick. So is there, like, the, the race in uh, in Wagga? Um, yeah, I'd say that may even come up a little bit too quick for him. Um, I'd like to think it won't, but I think it will. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to push him. I'll just let him tell us when he's ready. Yep. Um, but yeah, at this stage we're just getting back to the races, and who knows if he if he did improve well, you know we can go to Queensland maybe um, the Winter Carnival with him. But um, I'm not jumping to any conclusions yet. We'll just um, get get through it, getting back to the races, and um, assess it from there. Um, your other very talented four-year-old um, Ronnie. Uh, what's the latest with him? Yeah, well, he come back from Perth and um, he started fast work again and um, we're really happy with how he's progressing and um, he pulled up really lame the other day after we gave him a little hit out on uh, was that, Thursday, I think it was, Wednesday or Thursday, and uh, he pulled up quite lame, so we had the vet go over him and uh, he's just got a, a fur, um I don't know whether it's just come up or, or not, but it's started to affect him anyway. So um, we've just treated that. We're just going to see how it goes. He's got to have a couple of easy weeks. Um, and then we'll assess, hopefully, the treatment that they've done will work. But if, if that doesn't work, he'll have to get have an operation, which will only be a, a minor one. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping what the vet's done will work and he'll only sort of get him back a couple of weeks uh, but if that doesn't work it'll you'll have to have an operation that'll set him back a little further but um, yeah we'll know more in a fortnight 
So if everything went right, would, would the Wagga feature race be, be sort of his go around Easter time? Yeah, that'll be the, that'll be the aim at this stage. But as I said, we'll just um, we'll know more in a fortnight after he has a couple of weeks off. And, and then, um, yeah, we're sort of hoping that that's the best case scenario, that uh, they've treated the, the fur and that it will... Um, It'll come right and we'll press on. But if not, he'll have to just go for an operation. But the um, the vet seems to think that what he's done will work. And, yeah, we'll press on to Wagga. Mate, the Perth trip, obviously not the results you wanted, but how did you enjoy the experience? Oh, I loved it, yeah. It's, um, we didn't have the results on the track, obviously, but um, I learned a lot. And um, it's just great to go over there and you meet new people and, see how other stables do things and if you only learn one thing it's, it's one thing you've learned you know I, I think you never stop learning and it was great to see how I stayed at Greg and Sky Bond's place and it's a terrific setup um, they're so accommodating and um, just see how they work them over there and the heavy stand and um, yeah just how little different things that they do around the stables and um, yeah I, I, I learned a lot over there so although didn't have any success on the track. I think um, going forward, I'll, I'll uh, put a fair few of them things into practice. Hopefully, one day we've got another one good enough to go over because I'd really like to go back over again. And um, the racing over there is so competitive, and um, and the people are so nice. It's just everyone over there is nice, and um, they yeah, couldn't speak highly enough of the place. What about um, the sales season? It's about to hit us. Um, we've got Queensland on Sunday. Uh, are you going to be involved in that? Yeah, we're um, um, just landed actually up here now. So we'll go to um, the sales on, on Sunday. And um, we've got a few picked out. And um, Tumby Pass generally likes to be active at all the sales. So um, this year will be no different. And I've actually had a fair few new clients jump on board and um, want to come in on a couple. So um, not only will we be looking for Tumby Park, but we'll be looking for a few new clients. And, um, yeah, if anyone else out there is interested, they can get hold of me because we'll, um, yeah, we'll be active at all the sales. It is important, isn't it? Because it's, it's about regenerating the stable. You've got to be looking for new horses coming through and, um, you know, next next season's two-year-olds aren't, you know, they're there to be bought. What what about um, your two-year-olds this year? Have you, have you got a stack? Yeah, we've got a big bunch. Um, they're just starting to screw down now. So um, we'll sort of get more of a guide within the next month how they're going to stack up. There's a couple that won't go early, but I quite like them. But they're a bit big and... Um, overgrown so a couple of them will go back to the paddock and we had one um, have a uh, operation on a hawk had some OCDs in a hawk and another one sprained a hawk and so when you've got big numbers of babies you're going to have these little things that can go wrong but um, we've got we've got a, our first two fillies will go to the trials on Wednesday so um, where the one's a Lazarus filly and the other's an Art Major filly um, so yeah starting to um, ramp up now and hopefully we can um, have some two-year-olds in some big races coming up. Well, mate, congratulations with the results at Tamworth on Friday and all the best of luck at the sales. No worries. Thanks, Greg. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was
is legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam! Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. A winner. Just like that. I'm the winner. Is... No winners for Mr. T this week, or me, to be honest. So the pickings are a bit slim. So the running totals are me on minus $65, and Mr. T is minus 94. No Bathurst fields are out this week just because of the Australia Day holiday. So that's going to make it a little bit more difficult for Mr. T. However, his two are Newcastle, race three, number two, dance by the seaside for Kerry ann Morris and Josh Gallagher. That's on Monday. Had one run back from a break, and it was down the track at Penrith when caught outside the leader. This looks a bit easier, and Mr. T thinks it can get the job done. Menangle, race three, number nine, Mickey Be Good, jumped in and grabbed this one before me. Um, before I could tip it. It was a huge run at Goulburn last week. It galloped at the start and still managed to finish second. It only needs to pace throughout to be winning. So that's race three, number nine, Mickey Be Good. My two, both at Menangle on Tuesday. Race four, number two, Ahana Dancer. Big drop back in class from racing Oliver Bubbles last start. Finished off nicely there. This is much more her type of race with Taylor Osmond's claim. Gets in really well. So Sam Hewitt's team, they were firing on all cylinders before Christmas, and I think this mare can bounce back into winning form. So race four, number two, Ohana Dancer, that's on Tuesday. And also at that same card, let's go race six, number five, Ali Birdo. Um, love the trial winners in this section, and this bloke is coming off a 152-7 win at the trials since he last raced. He's only had the three starts. He does look destined for Saturday night honours at some stage in his career. The scratching is going to help him. He does look to be short in the market, but he does look to be the winner. So that's race six, number five, Ali Berto. Fantasy update. Well, if Cam Hart wasn't your captain, it was game over this week as he dominated everywhere he went. Champo 71 still leads overall on 6,824 points. Manning 1990 is second on 6,718, so a 106-point lead for Champo 71. And Mays is third on 6,593. Bad week for my team. I dropped back to 81st. Tossed up on the podcast last week using Rob Morris as my captain, and that shot me in the foot, so I dropped more than 10 places. Round 9 was another win for Champo 71 with 943 points, giving them their fourth round win, as well as the overall lead. Uh, Chock Wedge was second with 934, uh, 935, I should say. I think you have to go Cam Hart with your captain this week, although keep in mind it is Hunter Cup night, so some of the leading drivers could head south. Um, that's it for the podcast. Sorry, it is out a little bit later than usual. A big day yesterday coming home from Tamworth, so it took me a, a little bit longer to get going on a Sunday morning. Thank you to Brad Hewitt. Um, thank you to Jared uh, Alchin for joining me and also Neil Wardle for coming on the podcast. A reminder, if you see a first-timer win a race, to reach out on social media through X or Instagram and let me know, whether it be a trainer or a driver, I don't mind. I try and keep my eyes on all of the results across the state, but occasionally one slips through. So keep me up on my toes and let me know if you do see a first-time winner so I can get them on the show. Have a great week, and I'll catch you again next Sunday for another edition of the Sunday Session. 